Tech listeners, I'm Priyanka Singh signing in for yet another interesting episode of Deacon Conversations. So today I'll be in conversation with Abhilash Sen Gupta, another VC scholar from Deakin University, and together we are going to explore his interesting journey. And I'm sure listeners you will get newer insights and inspiration from his story because it is a unique one. So hi Abhilash, welcome to the show. Good afternoon Priyanka ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Great. So let's just uh, begin with our conversation. So are you ready for this? Yes, I am. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, Abhilash, um, what I know from your uh, you know your profile is that you were born in Indonesia and then you moved to Bali in India with your parents when you were only 10 years old. And you completed your secondary schooling and joined and then joined Deakin to pursue a bachelor of mechanical engineering honors so i'm really intrigued and i really want to know from you that from bilai to jilong your story is really unique and and definitely it's a story of hope so what inspired you to forego the conventional path oh a loaded question at the very start <laughs> okay uh i guess coming out from indonesia as a as a 10 year old was definitely um a big step for me and uh you know coming down to belai which is quite an academically sort of inclined town um there's lots of um pride in the education in belai as well um we've got a steel plant in belai um yeah. and lots of engineers around um lots of emphasis on you know um wanting to do well through the traditional fields of either being a doctor a lawyer or an engineer Mm-hmm. So um definitely definitely got pushed into that area too into the realm so my father is an engineer my grandfather is an engineer too mm-hmm. um my mom is a school teacher so definitely had a lot of influence in that regard and um I could see myself progressing well academically when I was in Delhi uh just because of the environment around and everyone so you know, focused on on that those kind of things um but then I think having had grown up in Indonesia for a little while i had a little bit of an idea of what's out there mm-hmm. and what's possible i guess and um and yes and as i was going through through um high school i obviously had a well, keen passion in sport and for me i think you know as a generation of like we call ourselves gen z i suppose you know it's quite important for us to see mm-hmm. of like what we're doing if it's impactful where is this coming from so i'd often hear dad talking about steel plants and things like that and i'd be like okay fine where's the context yes you know you make um rail lines and stuff which is fantastic which again is you know engineering from from back in the day too but where's the application side of it you don't really see those things you study about them but you don't really see them so um having known that there was you know um, a world out there that you know has more opportunities and more possibilities um i was actually introduced to a concept called sports engineering because i was into sport as well and sports engineering is basically um coming up with methods to improve improve sport performance so athlete could be athlete performance or could be improving the sport itself um, mm-hmm. more sort of in those regards mm-hmm. um so yeah i was an athlete myself in school admittedly wasn't the best athlete out there but I was more of a leader so I led my school team um in football and then um yeah I just sort of understood that you know 
Personally, I was more from a privileged school, so we had good facilities and we were quite blessed that way. But then when we'd go outside and play in other schools, we realized, you know, that the terrain in India is actually quite different. And, um, you know, we'd struggle a lot. And that's where the empathy side of things came in. And, um, you know, it, it was very much about understanding. I think coming down from Indonesia to India as well, having that empathy and appreciation towards the society in India as well, you always, you have those empathy skills that are just honed within you. And then I started thinking about, you know, how do we improve sport performance? And, and you know, athletes work so hard, but then at the end of the day, it comes down to grounds and pitches in India, which unfortunately, you know, it's, it's just how the terrain is. Um, so I guess that was the inspiration towards like, that was the start of something, something new. And um, I didn't realize there was something in sports engineering. Again, a family friend from Indonesia told me about it. I was quite fortunate to have met him um, when I was in E10. And, uh, and yeah, since then, just started working on the side. Honestly, didn't receive much support in Belay as well. Um, yeah. Just because a lot of the talk around is about, you know, the traditional um, pathways of, you know, how do you get into, I guess, IITs and, and, and you know, um, that sort of a pathway, but and not so much not so much conversation about what else are the possibilities around it. Um, so, which is why, quite interestingly, in year 11, I communicated my interest to my parents of saying, hey, listen, I want to do sports engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing like that in India at the moment. There's a few universities, but they're not as um, strongly, uh, I guess they've not got this very strong foundation, so I want to go overseas. Mm-hmm. And we had that discussion, and which was fine. And then suddenly there was this academic boy, um, sit till year ten, who started doing a lot of extracurriculars activities. And um, a lot of people went, you know, oh, why are you doing this? You're year eleven. You know, you're gonna wreck your future. And, you know, this. What are you doing? You got to study. And why are you in? Why are you doing drama? Why are you doing more sports? Why are you, you know, applying to be the head boy of the school? Why are you doing these things? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the, the vision was, you know, if you want to go overseas, it's, a, it's about an all-around personality. It's, it's not just about academics. You've got to be, you know, a more competitive in other areas yeah. as well. So, yeah, and halfway through year 12, uh, I had a big blow um, where my parents basically told me that I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, there was no funding available because uh, we, we couldn't afford um, things overseas. So, um, that was a big setback. And then, yeah, lots of, lots of tears, lots of drama. And then... <laughs> I guess fast forward, <laughs> fast forward six months, you know, there was a, there was an opportunity at Deakin and I think, yeah, I think it's, and then I found about the scholarship, got very lucky to get the scholarship and come down to Australia to study a Bachelor in Mechanical Engineering, but majoring sort of more into the sports side of things, so applying myself in the sports area. So I think um, a lot of it is more based on, you know, um, again, not losing hope, kind of just sticking to your guns you know I think I think very interestingly a recent mentor of mine actually told me he's like you know as engineers of me anyways studied engineering for four years been in engineering for the last two and a half three years you know we're inclined to think with our heads but um you know it's not about just listening to your head not even about your heart but listening to your gut yeah what does your gut say what are you good at and sticking through it because that's the only thing that you've got control on so um yeah, sticking through it and having hope and there's plenty of resources out there and people are like, people are generally nice, they're, they're happy to help. Uh-huh. So those kind of things also come in the picture. Right, yeah. right. And engineers don't give up that easily, right? So from the very beginning, you were very, very, uh, you know, very tough to this fact that you will do engineering and you will somehow do something which kind of combines engineering with sports. So that's very very interesting and of course i mean uh, the grit engineers have it's 
it's totally a different level altogether. <laughs> Correct, and I think I think it's right, like because uh, it took a little bit of adjusting as well, because the you know, and that's a that's the process as well. That's why you go to university, because my perspective was more of a designer sort of perspective. On you know, yeah. um, all right, this is how you kind of want it to be. But from an engineering perspective, it's a lot about numbers. It's a lot about understanding if this is going to work or not. So yeah, and that's what yeah, I guess you go through the process through university and um, understand that okay, fine, you know, while it's fine to be have a designer mindset, you also kind of need to understand yeah. the numbers behind it. Yeah. Just kind of rolling and keep, uh, I guess, drawing through it. So, yeah, it's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah, true. So, Abhilash, I remember from my memory that uh, when you came for the scholarship interview, um, you did talk about your, uh, you know, the work that you had done with Nike when you were in grade 12. So, would you like to talk about that? Absolutely, sure. It's uh, it's quite the turning point of uh, my journey, actually. So mm -hmm. I'm happy to share about that. So, yeah. So uh, as I was mentioning, so year ten, I met a very good uh, family friend who told me about sports engineering, and um, at the time, the sport I was playing was football, and started noticing, you know, these 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 problems that we had as as teenagers who we wore European. Um, Brands, mostly Adidas and American brands too, like Nike. And we'd go outside to other schools and they'd wear off very quickly. And um, they're just not made for our feet as well and for our conditions in India. So it was more kind of, you know, from a from a back of the envelope sort of thing. So it wasn't anything too concrete. It was just to get my mind rolling in that direction of like, you know, just penning down my experience, my travels, um, penning down what I found in soil. So I actually used to take soil in my hands and feel it and feel the texture and then figure out what the studs are doing on the football boots, the orientation mm -hmm. of studs and, and all those kind of things. And and made a full thing, made a full like uh, over the years, it just kind of, you know, little bits and pieces every now and then. And it became like a massive thing. and. The inspiration of me collecting everything and sending it to Nike was actually rejection from my parents. So, <laughs> so <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was actually oh. in year 12 in August, um, uh -huh. around July, August, yeah, around that time, when my parents actually confessed to me saying, hey, listen, we can't really uh, afford um, uh, overseas education because it's so expensive. And at the time, I had a conditional offer letter from Sheffield Hallam uh, for, mm -hmm. to study a Bachelor's of Science in Sports Engineering. and. And so that was the problem. And they told me to do an undergrad in India, which is quite the traditional pathway again, to do an undergrad in India and maybe go for your master's overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And um and you know, as a as a seventeen year old you've you know, you're quite rebellious <laughs> and obviously you've, you know, um, <laughs> you're shattered as well to a large extent. You're like, you know, no one really understands me. No one really wants to, like, you know, support me here. And obviously, you know, the finance is obviously a huge concern. And at the time, you, don't, you really don't have an idea of how much, how expensive things are. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and again, because of an academic head. And, yeah, and I just, I think at the point, because, you know, People in India, they you know, students in India, they start studying it for IITs and stuff since year eight, year nine, now probably even year six. Um, <laughs> so I found myself in a very awkward position because I'm like, well, here's this guy <laughs> who's done all extracurricular stuff, and now I'm being asked to study for IIT in the next five or six months, and uh, we're going through a transition in year twelve as well at the time because we uh -huh. had board examination that would be included as well, and it was a very stressful time. Mm. So I think personally for me, it was a very um, interesting time because I was losing hope and mm. um, and that's very dangerous. And mm. so I think at the time, I didn't think of it too much, but in retrospect, it was more about for me to hear, but hear that from someone and saying, because I couldn't see the light. 
um mm. and I was like you know if if someone's going to say no to me it may as well be someone who actually knows about this or like you know who who do these kind of things yeah and uh, at the time i remember like cuz companies like you know like he and he does they don't take freelance designs they don't it's just not their policy you know mm. um, so it's very much a spam email for them um but to me like i was honestly i was just uh, hoping to get like a thank you but no kind of email Um, mm-hmm. which would kind of give me a bit of peace to be like okay fine not worth it don't worry about it it was an interest leave it aside move on mm. so i think that was more the intention and assimilate assimilated my design sent it across to them and didn't hear from them for the next 3 months and like okay cool you know things have died down you know, mm-hmm. i'm really struggling at school and that was the head boy at the time as well so you know lots of responsibilities in the school as the head boy as well so you know trying to manage that and uh and school work as well which is quite difficult and then come at november and yeah there's a email that came to the school i think the first email and then um yeah saying hey listen we've got your email we kind of like what you've done um well let's let's do something um yeah like, wow <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay <laughs> and then uh it was it was quite quite funny because my principal so he he announced Uh, to the school and saying hey listen if we've got something interesting abelashton mm-hmm. you know he's done something with nike and, and everyone was you know like oh what the hell like what's going on out of nowhere and it was funny because my best friend as we were going home and he runs up to mom and like calls up calls i think it was like he, was, he called dad straight away and he's like oh uh uncle like abelash has got a job at nike and stuff he doesn't have to study anymore <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about like what and what's going on and uh so yeah it was it, that was quite the turning point and i think for my parents that was more about uh okay fine you know uh he's got an interest and he's obviously quite passionate about this and you know um that was more of a turning point for me in, in trying harder for overseas education um mm. and now they so were talking been, to you now they were talking to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the tonality totally changed for you guys i'm sure i'm sure it would have <laughs> okay so abilash um, moving on um, to my next question uh, so definitely your story of winning the vc scholarship is also an unconventional one so just like you know your other choices So tell me more about it what was the feeling of winning this scholarship i remember you and your father uh, when you got to know um, it was it was quite a moment so yes i would like to hear from you <laughs> you remember all of it ma'am don't you <laughs> yes <laughs> um that was such an interesting interesting story ma'am that was such a life changing moment as well um so At the time Deakin University had partnered with NDTV and they had 100% scholarship to study anything you wanted at Deakin University in Australia and um I found out about the opportunity and I applied for it and I was hoping that you know and I was, for me that was my way out that was like the last thing I think it was in May as well so that's when all year 12 exams are finished and that's the last thing that's on the thing and and I didn't have anything concrete going for me except for uh, more work at Nike but I was I was inclined towards like you know through mentorship and stuff that's important to get an education so I wanted to get an education sorted first mm-hmm. and um so hence we applied for Deakins and a TV scholarship interestingly enough that day so it was a full day of interviews and what not and I remember that day we went back to the hotel and I couldn't I was just tears and like 
like rivers of tears and just threw all my credentials down a hallway at the hotel as well dad couldn't handle me and he's just like what is wrong with you why, why are you so like you know um upset about this i'm like well you don't understand like this is my this is what i wanted like you know this is what i want Mm-hmm. And so we went to the office the next day and Ravneet Nam was around and we spoke to her about our intention for 50% scholarship but at the same time I took a moment and I asked her a question I remember the question <laughs> and I was like ma'am <laughs> I don't mind sharing it I was like ma'am all due respect you know uh Raga's you know she's got the scholarship all due respect and stuff you know she's she's obviously journalism she's got way more charisma with her words and 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 you know her ideas and and her thoughts about you know beliefs and things like that she's got more a more sort of uh commanding personality that way and as a simple question ma'am if you had a problem an engineering problem that that was to be fixed who would you go to would you go to Pragya or would you go to me <laughs> that's a good one i'm sure i'm sure you would have got her uh, in in a, in a spot <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, it worked it worked and, uh, Yeah absolutely and ma'am and ma'am was so kind to like you know take me under her wing and say she's like you know she has a son as well who's my age a bit as well and she understood my emotion and and um you know she really took me under her wing and understood that okay fine you know I was quite passionate about what I wanted to do um so there she was saying hey listen I understand how you feel and I understand you're passionate about your degree and we we appreciate that over here we want that over here so let me make a few phone calls and get back to you um but you know it was a friday that day she said you might have you would have to sit for an interview with the head of school head of engineering at deakin on monday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i was like wow and she's like yeah what we will do is if that works well we will provide you a 100% scholarship i was like wow really like what's going on and wow. uh, yeah so we extended our hotel stay in delhi uh that weekend and i remember mm-hmm. ma'am that weekend mm-hmm. like i was the best engineer on earth i knew mm-hmm. so much about engineering by the end of sunday night that <laughs> when a person with 40 years of experience could ask me any question and i would know the answer because wow. i literally read everything that's available i called my <laughs> uncle who worked at the steel plant and uh-huh. i asked him about how steel is produced i have no relation with steel whatsoever but i knew how steel is <laughs> produced and uh it was a full thing and then uh, we had an interview with uh, professor Garlick Fair um he was the um, head of school at the time and uh and he had a chat with uh, Ramneet Mam first and then he had me over and I was trembling with fear I was like hey you know what is he going to ask and very interestingly enough he just looks at me he's like man I admire you I admire your progress so far I just have a few questions for you and his questions were totally totally caught me off guard and he's like hey How are you going to keep focused when you come to Deakin? Like okay fine you come to Deakin hypothetically but like you know how are you going to keep focused you know what's your plan? Mhm. Uh, okay, I'm in a fix. This is not an engineering question. And uh <laughs> so uh I just said what I what I had in my mind at the time which was you know dad always makes these cutouts for me in front of my like he puts it in my study desk to keep me motivated and keep me focused. Uh-huh. So I said to him like to have something like that in my room when I do come to Deakin to remember what I'm here for and what what I want to be doing and and that well, that's what keeps me grounded. And he asked me a few more questions just about general life and things like that. Nothing about engineering at all. <laughs> It's like okay fine. 
And then he's like, I'd like to talk to your father. And then out I go and I see dad just totally nervous. He's like, this rests on me. What's going on? So he went in and then he had a conversation with Professor Guy Littlefair, which he really appreciated at the end too. And then Ravneet Nam had another conversation with him afterwards. And then after that mm-hmm. conversation, me and dad were waiting outside the room. And then Ravneet Nam comes out of the door and very nonchalantly comes up to me and she's like, okay, congratulations, <laughs> you've got the 100% scholarship. And he sh- 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 uh, shook hands with me. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I shook hands with her, but I fell on the floor. I was like, <laughs> uh, did you just say that? And uh, yeah, tears and I couldn't control myself. So I remember I took a lap off the first floor at Deakin. I just ran, I just ran and I was crying and I was laughing and I was happy and I just called mom, couldn't barely speak to her. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a huge, huge, huge moment. And honestly, like credit, credit to Ramit Mam, credit to Deacon and um, yeah and, and you know a door like that opened and Deacon being like one of the top like top universities in Australia as well and young as well because you know I studied a bachelor of mechanical engineering but then I also did a lot of work with the um, School of Exercise and Sport uh, and Nutrition as well at Bowen. Yeah. so a lot of collaboration between engineering and, um, and the school um, mm-hmm. sports science as well and those things are possible because I went to a young university like Deakin and yeah it just fell in place so yeah fast forward four years I completed an undergraduate degree from Deakin University with an honours uh, I finished my final year project in um, compression sportswear garments for Lululemon as well uh, which is a Canadian sports brand and just the experience of like you know uh, being able to apply engineering through sport and having that opportunity has been great so yeah Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever we remember 2015, we always talk about you and we feel so proud of our decision that, you know, uh, we did uh, talk to the head of school and he was generous enough to consider your uh, profile for a 100% scholarship and you've, look what you've done, uh, you know, you've made all of us so much proud. Um, so, so yeah, it was really a very, very good decision on our part, on, on Deakin South Asia um, office part. So, yeah. Thank you, ma'am. I'm really very humbled. Thank you very much, ma'am. Okay, so Abhilash, moving on to my next question. So, from 2015 to now, how has the time you spent at Deakin as a VC scholar helped you in your personal and professional life? Okay. Right. It's a good question, man. Um, so 2015, right. If you start from the very beginning, so dad came to drop me off at university. Mm-hmm. So he made the travel down and he um, he saw orientation day and he saw how things were different over here. And I remember before he left, he looked at me and he said, uh, I'm proud of you. And I know we've made the right decision and I'm happy to leave you here. So just having that trust of, I think, you know, dad seeing all the things and all the resources that are available and, and, and just the whole vibe of Deakin University over here. Um, uh, very, very student focused. We think we've got number one in student um, support in across Victoria. And mind you, Victoria has a lot of universities because it's called the education state in Australia. So a lot of that reflected in, in, in you know, our orientation week. 
Um, and as a VC scholar, I guess one of the biggest things that really, really helped me was the, um, I think it wasn't there in the first year that I started, but it was in the second year. Um, we had the option of signing into it. So I did, which I'm glad I did. Um, it's the VCPEP program, which is the Vice Chancellor's Professional Excellence Program, mm-hmm. um, which is which is intended to develop you personally and professionally exclusively for Vice Chancellor scholars. Um, mm-hmm. So every trimester you're given, t- you, you work with a mentor and um, you're given these like personal challenges and professional challenges that you complete and then you reflect back on them and then you go on with it. Um, and I think one of the best things about that and I think through that as well is how I got my current job at Ford as well. And, um, you know, uh, the best thing about that sort of a program is it's very real. It's very um, practical. It's very open. And... Um, you know, as a student from overseas, you're 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 looking for connection. You're looking for someone that really understands you and understands the the fact that you're away from home and you're trying to find new home somewhere else. And and how do you sort of integrate into that part? Um, which I think a lot of times we lose that perspective moving on. You know, when you when you finish university, you're still in this fix of saying, okay, I've got a degree. What do I do now? But I think Deakin was more like a hey listen we've got you we're going to hone you as a person we will remember who you are as a person and we will hone you as the professional that you need to be and also understand what your personal challenges can be when you're living here so lots of support that way from deacon and i'm still quite connected with deacon after university as well just because of the way like things are done you know it's very empathetic very friendly very open um, and I know people that have been out in the industry for 10, 15 years who are still like, you know, so grounded and, and, and connected with Deacon and it's incredible. And, you know, you, you talk to them as well. It's like, you know, you're, you, you've got so much in common. Mm. So, yeah, I think those, those experiences were very, very valuable in shaping me of the person that I am today. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be part of me wherever I go. So it's, it's, it's been massive, that VCPEP program in particular um, and everything that came with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got time for one more question, Abhilash. So very quickly, for the benefit of my listeners, could you share more about what kind of career opportunities are available in your field and what would be your advice for them? Sure. In Australia? Yeah, in Australia, yes. Okay, Okay, sure. So I did a Bachelor in Mechanical Engineering. um, And what sort of opportunities are there here in terms of mechanical engineering um so australia firstly like australia is quite big in terms of the landscape of things and there's a lot of construction happening at the moment so if you're an engineer like generally speaking if you're a mechanical or a civil engineer you know they're quite you can kind of work your way around it but there's lots and lots of work in, in the civil engineering space because lots of infrastructure developments happening in australia and australia requires engineers um on the other side you know if you do have a passion for cars forwards around and um We've got, uh, I think we've got a few more um, smaller companies that are doing a lot of electric vehicle manufacturing as well. So, um, yeah, so I think that that way there's a lot of lot of room for mechanical engineering, more sort of in the construction space and the automobile space. But then there's also lots of research opportunities. So I know um, Deakin does a lot of um, research related stuff, especially for the mechanical engineering field as well, um, where it could be to do with product development or could be research in like carbon fiber manufacturing, because I know there's a, um, you know, in terms of like new technology, Deakin actually hosts uh, a company on site, like on campus, which is called um, Carbon Revolution. They actually make carbon fiber wheels for sports cars. So one of our cars, the Mustang at Ford as well, the car, the wheels for that are custom made in um, 
the carbon revolution. So there's there's heaps of um, opportunity like that to look into like new sort of technology, um, new ways of moving forward. So be it through carbon, be it through you know um, electrification of vehicles um, and those kind of things. So um, I think that, that generally speaking, it's it's more down to it's quite broad. But then if you're if you do have a niche and if you do have something that you're interested in in particular, um, you know, there's lots of programming bits around as well that, you know, um, are more based on the mechatronic side of things, more programming and mechanical together. There's lots of avenues for that as well. So it's quite broad, but then if there's a niche that, you know, someone's interested in, they can definitely like you know, find something in that area for sure. Like there's heaps of opportunities in Melbourne. Um, regional Victoria, like I know about Victoria, I'm not sure, but so much sure about the north as well. I know a few friends of mine have gone up north in Australia, but Victoria is more southern, so I'm more in the southern part of Australia. And um, there's lots of work in the regional space as well, um, which is you know uh, lots of room of growth over there. So lots of like I'm in a regional space myself in Geelong, so there's lots of engineering work happening over here. So um, yeah, I think it's quite a broad scope for work in Australia in particular but it really depends on um, what you're looking for and and, and, and finding that niche because that niche usually is available great great so um well with this we come to the end of the show today and i must share that it was lovely interacting with you abilash and uh, indeed a very insightful tool for me personally i learned uh, new things so thank you for your time and I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed listening to the show and of course they are going to benefit from the great insights that you shared uh, today. Uh, so thank you very much and I hope you enjoyed doing this session as well. Thank you Priya Kamam, it was lovely to hear from you and uh, thank you for having me here. Thank you. To my listeners, I would like to say thank you for tuning in and we will be back with another uh, new story very soon. Until then, take care and stay safe.